My name is Dem and I am joined tonight by a wonderful cast of characters of all walks of life. We have Eleni, a new friend on the block, Max, and Nathan. Say hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Hello. Max, do you want to say something about yourself? Uh, oh, I always freeze up whenever anyone says that question. Um... <laughs> I'll give you a fair warning and you can do it in the next segment if you like. Sounds like a plan. Beautiful stuff. Max will be introducing himself at a later time. But for now, I thought I'd just tell you all the things you already know, because if you're a good fan of Player One, you already follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and you already listen to us when we're not on air on Omni, even Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. We have a great show coming up, including a absolutely ripper decision made on a copyright deal in the recent uh, the recent past, uh, all the good news that's coming our way, some fantastic releases and more. And of course, we have yet another giveaway. How exciting. Get on the Instagrams, friends, onto the Player One page and get amongst our giveaway for the new Uncharted movie. Get your chance to win one of five double passes to an early screening of the Tom Holland, Mark Wahlberg starring mashup of beauty that is the Uncharted film. Get around our Instagram, folks. And of course, in these trying times, we must always remember that our mental health is key. Uh, if you ever feel down or low, Beyond Blue can be contacted on 1300-224-636. That's 1300-224-636 for Beyond Blue. Kids Helpline on 1800-55-1800. That's Kids Helpline on 1-800-55-1800 and Q Life Helpline on 1-800-184-527. That's 1-800-184-527 for Q Life Helpline. And now, as Dem mentioned in the intro, we've got a lovely new guest joining us, a new Player One team member, Max. Now, Max, very exciting to have you on the show. Of course, it is a gaming show, so if you want to introduce yourself and let us know what kind of games are you into? Hello, um, yes, I'm Max, and this is, this is like one of those like Alcoholics Anonymous things we go around, everyone says their name. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm Max. Um, Hi, Max. <laughs> um, so I'm pretty much into all sorts of games. Um, I think my favourite one of all time would probably have to be like the Lego Star Wars games, because I, I just, I really love those. Um, Fantastic choice, I reckon. Yeah, I remember playing those a lot when I was younger with um, my dad and absolutely loved them. So those are probably my favourite um, yeah, games of all time. Nice. Well, lovely to have you joining us, Max. Everyone listening in, be sure to expect lots more from Max and his lovely voice in the coming seasons. But, Dem, we've got even more exciting news. Very, very apt news, given we've just had Invasion Day. Please let us know what exciting news has just prevailed in Australia. Indeed, a fantastic copyright uh, overturn has occurred. The Aboriginal flag is now free for use for anyone who wants to. So you know how you can use the Southern Cross and the, the, the Union Jack from the Australian national flag uh, freely, you know, on T-shirts, on hats, all sorts of that. You could not do that with the Aboriginal flag until I think it was the 25th this law was passed in the morning. Uh, it's fantastic news for the Aboriginal community to be able to freely use their flag. Seems like a pretty basic thing, really. Uh, but hey, you know, we still celebrate Invasion Day, which is a bit of a question in itself. So I'm, for one, incredibly chuffed with this small piece of progress. But hey, it's pretty big generally in the end. What do you guys reckon of it? Um, I think it's pretty, pretty cool, I guess. I mean, it's very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I think I was similar to you, Dem, in that when I saw this, part of me was like, how has this not already happened? That was the thing that kind of got me going when I was reading. I was like, why? It's like 2022. How is this still something that needs to happen? But at the end of the day, it is fantastic progress. Like you said, I think, you know, even looking at 
you know, uh, this year and Invasion Day and looking at the amount of people standing in solidarity with the Indigenous community, I think is definitely something that is fantastic to see that support. And hopefully this is just a sign of, of more support to come and people really sort of changing their tune on, you know, what historically has been a day of celebration, but now looking at, you know, the the greater loss and tragedy behind it, I think is a really, a really good step in the right direction. The organisation Clothing the Gap has actually been fighting for this since 2020 when they tried to open their brand and use the flag. So it's an incredible achievement for them. They're actually called Clothing the Gap back in 2020, but have faced uh, more copyright issues with the Gap in America uh, which is a completely different brand that doesn't like people using the word Gap in its name. So now it's called Clothing the Gaps. It's a great company run by a great team of Indigenous people, all fighting for good causes and just generally being awesome people. Um, get around a local Indigenous brand in your area, guys. Any kind of support for people of the Indigenous community, of your Aboriginal uh, community around you. Know what land you live on, guys. There's always a way to support your local Aboriginal people. This is Brian Wecht, and you're listening to Player One on Sin. I'm Max, joined here today by Dem, Lenny, and Nathan. And uh, there's some gaming news this week, surprisingly. Uh, developers from software, the people behind the Dark Souls franchise, and also made Bloodborne, which I couldn't stand, it was too hard, uh, confirmed that Elden Ring has gone gold and will be ready for its release date later in February, which is exciting. Um, apparently the game will also be, there's an article saying it's like more forgiving um, than the other ones, which seems interesting. Yeah. Uh, am I the only one who doesn't know what gone gold means? Essentially, it just means that, like, the game is ready to be shipped and um, released, which, you know, given historically there's been a lot of games that have not been ready to be released. Um, when they have released, yes. When they have released and then they release and are not a completed game or in any way, shape or form playable. Um, it is good news, especially given people are quite worried about Elden Ring um, living up to the height, which is something we'll discuss a bit later. But Max hit us with our next news. Following Microsoft's acquisition of Activision slash Blizzard, um, there's rumours that all the old Activision franchises could make a return. Um, hopefully that's the only thing from Activision that'll make a return, not, not all the other issues. But um, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Because they, they've been around for, what is it, like over 25 years now, haven't they? Activision. They have, and um, we'll actually be discussing this a bit later on because old mate Phil Spencer actually did a bit of name dropping which is very oh. exciting so get get keen for that segment listeners it's all coming up millhouse behavior interactive and lionsgate films have announced archives tome 10 saw which will be the latest content addition to dead by daylight which will see the villain jigsaw um, make a foreboding appearance um NetEase has announced that it has established nagashi studio which will be a new um, development studio led by yakuza series um creator um, whose name I'm not even going to try to pronounce because I'm not going to get it. Toshihiro Nagoshi. Mm. That's why it's called Nagoshi Studio. How good. Um, Halo Infinite's multiplayer will let players earn credits in its Season 2 Battle Pass that they will be able to use in the in-game shop to buy items, cosmetics, and even a new Battle Pass. Um, so we'll have to see if they finally get the right balance um, in a free-to-play game with the cosmetics and real-world um, money. But... Nice, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, in other news, trending on the App Store is a game called Unpacking Master, which apparently is a complete ripoff to the widely popular 2021 title Unpacking, um, which was made by an Australian developer, um, Witchbeam. Um, it, it is a complete ripoff. Um, anyone who hasn't seen this, definitely go check it out because it's almost at the level of comical. Like it's the exact same, even like the title has barely changed. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah, that's quite a funny one. I was it, looking at that yeah, and I thought it might have been an expansion or something, but that's really rude. Like, they're going to get done for that, surely. No well, telling. Well, you'd hope so. Just let it and see. And last and definitely not least, my favourite news of the week is that a mumble mode is confirmed in the upcoming LEGO Star Wars game, um, LEGO Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, which will compile all um, nine films and it'll have over, like, 500 characters or something. It's amazing looking. I yeah, personally cool. love the pronunciation of Lego Star Wars Skywars Saga 
in mumble mode. It's <laughs> I was I was really excited when I saw that because like I said before, I love the um Lego Star Wars games. And I, I was a big fan of the Lego games before they had like all the voice acting. Because mm. it just it just it didn't feel the same after they it, switched it. It like feels too serious for how silly they are. Mm. And they're Lego people. Yeah. They don't make noises. I mean, they can do what they want. I'm not going to tell them. They them yeah. <laughs> You'd be very concerned if they would, yeah, suddenly started talking. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for that because it feels like they've really listened to what people want to see in the next Lego game, which I'm really looking forward to. And especially since they've delayed it like three or four times at this point, they really want to make sure it's actually, you know, they've really worked to make it the best game it can possibly be. Indeed. Yeah. And it's fantastic to see a release date as well, which is fantastic considering all the new releases coming out this week, hey, Nathan? Uh, yes. Well, uh, there aren't actually that many. So we've got um, on February the 1st, we have Life is Strange Remastered Collection on PC, PS4, Xbox One, and the Stadia, ring the Stadia bell, ding, ding. <laughs> um, on February 4th, we have Chef Tastic Buffet Blast on PC. And on February 4th, we also have Dying Light 2 Stay Human on PC, PS5, Xbox Series, X and S, PS4, and Xbox One. And that's all of it. Hi, I'm Dan Golding, a video game composer of Untitled Goose Game and others. Uh, You're listening to Player One on Sin. So guys, fun fact, I bought myself a Switch OLED. I was transferring the data from one switch to another. Simple task. You know, you just go into the settings, follow the guidance it gives you on screen. Easy, easy. So happy, so good. Really keen on my new console. Really keen on my old console. But, you know, hey, I wanted an upgrade and I could afford it. So I was really happy with myself. So I do exactly what was told of me. I transfer the data over, you know, I transfer the user and I have an SD card in both switches. So I'm expecting the data, like literally everything to transfer over. It doesn't. I just get told transfer complete after three minutes. And I'm like, what? I've talked to people who this has taken hours for, and I have at least a thousand hours of gameplay on this thing. What is going on? And so I was looking through it and I looked at the memory bank and it was said, it said zero gigabytes. And I was like, what, what is happening? I don't understand. Uh, So panic ensued, obviously Uh, me panicking. Uh, There were tears, there was stress. There was a lot of confusion. Um, and in all this, I was so scared of opening any of the software in case it overwrote anything because I was like, well, my user, my, my cloud still working. So I can access that surely, maybe, I don't know. Um, so I ended up finding, I, I emailed Nintendo and I tried finding phone numbers, but there weren't any. I tried Reddit, Reddit had no idea. I think I confused many people on Reddit. And so I finally found a customer service number for Australia. And I was like, oh my God, this exists. Fantastic. Let's go. Um, and I got onto a phone call with a lovely gentleman who was like, right, that's a really weird problem. I've never heard of that. So you transferred your user data. And I was like, yeah. And it should have sent over everything, right? And they were like, yeah, 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 it should have. Um, I'm very confused why you're not seeing any of it. And I was like, yeah, it's super weird. And this went on for literally about 20 to 30 minutes of me being like, I just don't understand where it is. I'm so confused. And they were like, well, like, it's all right. We can just get your cloud data. No stress. I can see a whole bunch of it. So don't worry about it. It's really cool how they can like sort of, they, they once they have your account details, they can see a lot of stuff that you can't, which is really helpful. And also they could see that my Animal Crossing data was safe, which was the main thing. Because <laughs> I was like, there were so many hours with that. Please, no. Um, so yeah, we finished up. We found all my cloud data and I was like, well, okay, that's fine. But I just want to know. And he was like, yeah, I just want to know why my SD card has no data on it. Like why I still have a hundred, like something like a hundred gigabytes of data on my old switch. And he was like to me, oh, the user data transfer doesn't transfer say like game data at all. It just transfers save data. And to see that you need to go into delete save data. And I'm like, what and he's like did you try and open any software and I was like no because I was worried I was going to delete everything and he was like yeah so if you open 
your 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 games and have them all installed and stuff to the same degree as the other ones they should open properly because what had happened was i'd opened breath of the wild and it had given me a 2019 save and i was very confused because i definitely played it last year and i was like what is happening but no it turned out it wasn't updated far enough uh so fun fact guys your sd card is not affected by anything. Also, if you want to save your photos, you need to put them on a laptop first, which I did. I did find that out. But that is the story of how I discovered that a data transfer between switches does not, in fact, transfer data, just saves. You know, there's there's two things I just love about this story, Dem. It's mm. one, the, you, the panic then led you to, like, emailing, like, nintendo to be like fix my switch like one of the well, biggest companies like, in the world and they're like they yes said, you know the worst thing about that was they said they wouldn't get back to me for five days because there was nowhere to contact like what was i meant to do like i, I could like i couldn't contact like jb hi-fi or something like that they wouldn't have had a clue about it reddit didn't know and i was like surely there's a troubleshooting number somewhere and I, that's why i was so happy when i found the one that was based in melbourne so good not a plug for it but still it was good um but yeah, it was, um, I, I felt like a real ninny, but I was also like, I have been scorned by a loss of saves before, so I could see it coming. I could see it in my future. No, and it's it's funny because, um, you know, you look at the complicated process of that to get your saves back, you know, it brings me back to simpler times, you know, good old like PlayStation memory cards, you know, I mean, they were, they were the worst when you lost them, of course, like there are memory cards that I've lost that like have been gone for like 15 years that I still think will somehow pop up in the house, you know, but, but they're gone. But, you know, if anyone listening in, make sure that you just stay calm when you're transferring data over for anyone who has lost an old memory card and now feels inspired, get on the hunt to look for it. Um, and some interesting news, Apple is, might be making a gaming console. So there's been news that they've kind of, you know, acquired a few um, engineers from from um, Xbox. So they might be kind of trying to push into the gaming market. Um, you know a bit more about this than me, Dem. So give us the give us the deets. Indeed. So it seems to me that they are indeed looking into making a, a gaming console. I personally hope they call it the Pear or perhaps the Pom or the you know maybe the Pomegranate or something Apple themed that's kind of funny and such. Uh, yeah. It seems like it's going to be quite the interesting uh change a bit maybe a like to the steam deck not too sure did you have any more details or any yeah well i guess the important thing to note is this is still um just heavy rumors and speculation nothing has been confirmed um by apple but uh according to an article by game rant an industry insider has claimed that apple are um quote-unquote poaching engineers specifically from xbox as nathan said to help create a apple run and produced gaming console which would be very interesting i think you know the market's pretty big at the moment i mean you know we on the show we like to poke fun at the google stadia and sort of how that has just fizzled into the abyss so i'm not quite sure if an apple console will be successful i like your line of thinking dem i think if apple came out and the concept art revealed a video game console in the shape of an apple I think Can you I, imagine? I would just give them my uh, money immediately. That would be fantastic. But what about you, Max? What are your thoughts? Well, because I, I, I looked into it and there was actually, well, Apple's tried this before, actually. They actually, they've released a console back in 1966. No. The, the Apple Pippin, which <gasps> sold so poorly. It sold 42,000 units. Oh my God. Can you imagine if they called it the Apple Pip? How cute would that be? disaster yeah it kind of looks like an xbox controller that was trying to be a moon mm. the controller I, on this thing like a, a sort of like a the a vhs kind of situation mm. no yeah the, the controller is like one of those like weird like five dollar ones you find like the bargain bin of like like you know those um like gaming stores or whatever mm, like a plug and play yeah sort of yeah um, yeah 
it kind actually it's kind of there's comparisons here to the Sega Dreamcast, and I can kind of see it. the The shape and the the color and orientation orientation of the buttons is quite similar. So I don't know. I can I could uh, I could see that kind of similarity. It's very interesting news and very very uh very fun food for thought. I'm not sure like how successful Apple making a like console would be right now because of you know. Xbox and PlayStation's kind of preeminence in the field. So it really is a difficult market, isn't it? Like at the moment, it's a software war, people are arguing. So it's really hard where something you can fight with. And of course, for anyone who's listened to the show before, you know, this is the time where we plug our socials. So if you head to at Player One Sin on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, check out some awesome, awesome social media content being created by mainly Dem. I sort of just give her the all clear because she's the creative genius in this little mastermind duo. Oh, this buttering up will get you nowhere, Lenny. That's okay. But if you like to see our lovely faces, head to Player One on YouTube because we've got some awesome YouTube content that'll be getting released throughout the season and throughout the year. And of course... If you don't have the time to listen to us live on air or if you just want to hear our voices again and again and again, check out the podcast realm, Omni, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Player One, where we've got uploaded editions, podcast editions, I should say, of our YouTube uh, content, of our radio shows and any other podcast content we've got. It's all there for you to listen to. And other exciting news, we've got an awesome giveaway for you all. For anyone who's a fan of the Uncharted gaming series, anyone who's a fan of Tom Holland or Mark Wahlberg, listen with eager anticipation because we have five double passes to give away. And if you want to get the chance to actually get those, just head over to the Instagram page, player one, comment, tag a friend and in particular comment your favorite uncharted game there are so many you know the collection just got released so got the chance to replay them check them out comment whichever one you love tag your friend and you'll be in the running to win one of the five double passes we've got on offer for an early screening of that awesome looking film now before we head into our next song we do like to take this time just to sort of reach out to our listeners to let you know that if you are struggling There's lots of people around to support you. And here are some numbers you can check out if you do feel like you need that added support because Beyond Blue can be reached on 1300 224 636, Kids Helpline on 1800 551800, and Q Life Helpline at 1800 184 527. All great resources for young people. So if you are having a hard time, please don't hesitate reach out there's lots of lovely people ready and available to chat to you hey it's your boy uh demi here and you're listening to sin uh we're talking about the huge microsoft um acquisition of activision slash blizzard um which is exciting because um there's talk that some old franchises may be revived and brought back um now you were excited about this nathan weren't you um, so a few series, um, Prototype, um, mm. because Prototype is awesome. Um, yeah. I, I also think like, um, because they are now own Blizzard, I, I want to see more Starcraft mm-hmm. and also Guitar Hero and SingStar. I, I want SingStar. Uh, yeah, it's really exciting. As Nathan was saying, all of these amazing games could possibly be brought back in a statement from Spill Spencer where he was talk like the CEO of Microsoft was talking about the possibility of reviving a whole bunch of new franchises some of the big series because there was big of course big worry that last week that uh, a lot of Activision titles would not be seen on anything but Xbox and Microsoft platforms uh, however that has not been the case apparently for the moment there will be cross-platform uh, talk amongst this situation but in the meantime there's also discussion of these revivals that Nathan was talking about so Eleni did you have anything that you were really excited about? Oh definitely but yeah I think that's something um, interesting to note when we discussed this last week of course uh, we were sort of talking about how big this acquisition was and you know things like Call of Duty but yeah, um, Phil Spencer did make a comment to the Washington Post and he said, I was looking at the IP list. I mean, let's go. King's Quest, Guitar Hero. And that's probably one of the biggest things that got me hyped because, you know, Guitar Hero was such a classic childhood staple of mine. I still remember 
playing that, you know, just like grinding through like a couple songs and then perfecting them, not knowing how to play any other ones, but that was my favorite. But, you know, Jessica? anyone. Do, 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 do. That was my favorite. But anyone who knows me knows that I absolutely love Spyro. I talk about it constantly on the show. So, you know, we got a new Crash game and that was amazing. And we got, you know, the Reignited trilogy for Spyro, which was also amazing. But, geez, I would just love, 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 love a new Spyro game. That would probably get me more hyped than anything else. But what about what about you, Max? Anything that you're keen for? Um, I'm kind of, I'm interested to see if this will finally, hopefully speed up um, Overwatch 2's development. I'm, I'm really hoping. It's, it's taking a while. Like... Come on, let's let's get it done, people. I, I don't understand how they still haven't finished it. I mean, like I I came out before Overwatch Two did. It's taking that long. It's just it's so frustrating because I've spent so much time in the original Overwatch, more than any reasonable human should. I just I want to make that investment back in the second one, but it hasn't released yet, and there's been no news in, in like three years, so. Oh, 100%. It'll be really nice to see some revival of some of these old titles. I, I genuinely agree. We were talking about earlier, King's Quest is also owned by Activision, which is a super interesting and exciting one. Um, I personally haven't played King's Quest, but my God, I've seen people play it and it's a bit of a fun time. So I'd love to see some of these older, older games and these licensed games we were talking about. Wouldn't that be interesting if some of those could make it into the limelight? But certainly a great opportunity to see some fantastic sequels coming up very shortly I feel I can see it in the future guys I'm actually really excited I was kind of scared last week you could probably hear it in my my mic popping wonderfulness just my absolute fear that my investment in a Sony product was going to be in vain but we should see some fantastic stuff I reckon and I think it's a clever move by Phil Spencer because yeah I think we were all a bit I remember last week on the show I think Dem you even said like PS1 fans get ready to cry but you know, it could be the opposite. It could actually be that, you know, maybe these games won't be released on PlayStation consoles, but it might, you know, mean that all of those classic PlayStation titles that everyone's been longing for might actually in some, you know, bizarre form be be reinvigorated. I know Tony Hawk's, what an iconic, iconic series, another, another game series that I grew up with. Obviously, we got the remastered game last year but it would be so exciting to get more games in this series hey what's up this is family jewels and you're listening to player one on sin and right now we're talking about um elden ring so there's been a few updates and stuff and do, do we think it'll live up to the hype um i don't really know much about it because i'm not really a fan of the souls born games i think they're a bit uh too difficult for me yeah, I'm a bit more of a casual, I think. I, I join you on this, actually. It's a very interesting time, isn't it? The uh, the literal task of trying something that's far too difficult that wants you to die constantly. And I, I honestly am so enthralled by watching it, but hate doing it. But Eleni, you seem to be a fan of this. Well, I'm, I'm excited uh, because I think that what's happening is, given the reputation of you know, the developers, I think they're doing everything in their power to sort of bring in new fans. I know, Max, you were sort of saying how, you know, given the the difficulty of, you know, previous titles, um, you're a bit hesitant as well. So I think it's interesting they've come out and they've straight away, the studio have said, you know, look, this game is going to be more accessible. It's not going to be as hard. Casual gamers can play. It's not going to be that bad. And another thing that they've sort of harped on about is that you know, it'll take around 30 hours to beat. So it's not going to be a giant slog. You know, you can play through it. It won't take too long. So I think it's really interesting because obviously we all love giant RPGs. We love, you know, plonking hundreds of hours into games. But it's funny that they're kind of taking the the opposite approach and they're saying, actually, you know, it's not going to be that big of a commitment. So I don't know. The, the hype's definitely real. But do we think Coming. it will live up to it? What do you think, Dem? Coming from the game that literally in the original Dark Souls throws you onto a bridge with a dragon within the first 10 minutes of gameplay and says, go for your life. And then you die like 30 times. Yes, I've played that part of the game. And then I proceeded to stop playing the game because <laughs> I got sad. Um, that's a very interesting change of events, I think. Mm -hmm. I don't know. 
I, I kind of like the idea that they're making it more accessible. I suppose in this world, it's very hard to make these ultra hard games incredibly uh, successful without the hype around them. So it's nice to have different layers to, of accessibility for your audiences. And it's nice to hear that us plebs are getting a bit of a look. <laughs> um, yeah. For some reason, like for me, the, the name Elden Ring, for some reason, it makes me think of the Lord of the Rings. I think that was uh, probably purposeful, if I'm honest. I remember that there was um leaked uh, images of sort of the character creator that was sort of shown. Um, it's a fantasy, so you can kind of imagine and put together what the, the narrative is going to be. Uh, but one thing that I think is also funny going back to, you know, sort of them harping on about the accessibility is that, you know, Feb is shaping up to be a pretty a pretty big month for big big games. We've got Dying Light obviously coming out. We've got uh, Horizon Forbidden West. So I wonder, I don't know, do you think, Max, that maybe this is them trying to sort of bring in the gamers saying, hey, like if you don't want to spend all that time playing those games, come come hang out with Elden Ring. What do you think? I mean, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see because I, I feel like it's like they've built up a reputation that their games are like not really that accessible because they're incredibly challenging. Um, but I don't know, I'd like to wait and see. I am interested by like one tiny feature in Elden Ring that I'm more interested about than anything else is that they've added a jump button, um, which the other ones didn't have. Um, it's like Breath of the Wild. <laughs> yeah. I know, it just goes to show how low our um, standards but, yeah, are. I, how low our standards have fallen over the years <laughs> that we're excited over a jump button. Actually, yeah. though, oh my goodness, in the good old days, we would have killed for a jump button. All we had was run up to a ledge and hope. <laughs> <laughs> and now moving on to some, some more serious gaming news. You know, unfortunately, Activision Blizzard controversy has seeped through our show the past week and through the news, through the world. It's been, you know, a hard thing to talk about, you know, the harassment and sexual misconduct that has plagued that studio. But I guess something positive that has come out of it in the past week is that employees at Raven Software, which is a gaming studio owned by Activision Blizzard, have announced that they've formed a union, which is very exciting um, and very unheard of in uh, industry that's largely unorganized and doesn't really support its workers in in this sort of magnitude. So it's fantastic to see the several dozen employees at Raven Software Studios really banding together to support not only themselves but their fellow colleagues. Of course, you know, Activision Blizzard is a huge a huge workforce, over ten thousand employees. So, you know, there's much more that can be done, but to see these employees banding together and really sort of fighting for their rights, standing up for what they believe should be a positive and safe workplace is fantastic, something we need to see across the whole gaming community, the whole gaming industry. Uh, this union has been called the Game Workers Alliance Union. Very exciting. Hopefully we see more workers, a part of Activision Blizzard, join. And of course, you know, with Microsoft acquiring the studio, we're all very hopeful that what has been quite a toxic workplace will now become a safer and better environment for all all these workers. But Max, have you got any sort of thoughts on on this move? Um, well, I, I think it's, like you said, it's, it's kind of a little bit sad that it's taken this level of toxicity to actually get people to unionise, which is a little concerning, um, especially because then it makes you think how much more was going on before this. Um, but yeah, definitely good that it's finally happened. Um, and it's, again, more concerning that this is the first of its kind in the video game industry. Um, yeah, it, which is kind of strange. It feels almost like a foreign concept, if I'm honest. Like, mm. most people who work currently in Australia would have some form of support from their workplace. It kind of, the first time I understood the idea of unionization as a concept in America was by watching the TV show Superstore. <laughs> And the joke, the running joke that they're constantly being told, don't unionize, don't do it uh, by their by their higher ups. And I find that whole concept as a reality quite scary. It's like, why would you not want your workers to be happy and have these base needs met, especially when it comes to like mental health, um, abuse in the workplace, bullying, all sorts of things. And even the nasty, nasty, nasty stuff that's been going on at Blizzard Activision. I find it, I find it quite shocking. I agree with you, Max. Yeah. Yeah, Nathan, what are your thoughts on this? Um, like, I'm mostly the same as all of you. I find it, like, 
I think it's really weird how there's no unions in America and I'm I'm glad that you know they're now sticking up for themselves and hopefully they can you know get a better workplace for them and all their colleagues yeah and I think it's really important because you know historically and even now the the gaming industry but the community at large has been quite a a fractured I guess environment for lots of people obviously you know things like misogyny as well as all of the sexual misconduct is something that's been sort of rampant so as horrible as it is having stories like this getting the attention that they are because you know when we think about harassment I think obviously things like the me too movement with fantastic movements but they largely highlighted sort of the misconduct happening in the film and tv industries and I think sometimes people you know sort of forget to include the video game industry in those bigger discussions you know that could also be because I think people don't really see the video game industry as the ginormous juggernaut it is but really it is a growing industry and having this problematic environment as a continuously growing thing can only just create more horrible workplaces so having something like this having a group of employees banding together is so fantastic and I hope that it really encourages more employees to band together to make sure that they know that you know they're supported that there are people out there who are going to support not only their work but you know just coming to work and and not worrying coming to work and being able to have a smile on your face and feel safe this is Grant Kirkhope and you're listening to Player One. Um, and now we're talking about games we've been replaying recently. Um, so Nathan, you had something you were playing recently. Yeah, so um, I think replaying games is pretty cool, especially if um, you need to replay it to get like certain achievements and do certain things. Um, one I've been replaying is um, Space Marine, Warhammer 4000 Space Marine. I've been replaying it as a kind of, as a let's play for my YouTube channel. Um, and like, you know, just to kind of have fun, like killing some orcs and some chaos traders. We love, um, well, yeah, I think that's a good thing to point out. Obviously, you know, replaying games is a great opportunity to get that completionist bug, you know, happy. I know I love replaying games and I know we were talking off air. I was chatting with you, Nathan, about how, Sometimes it's fun to just pick up a game that you've already played, you know, the gameplay mechanics, you know, the narrative. If you've had a busy day and you just want to unwind, sometimes replaying a game is the best way to do that without having to jump into a new game and really focus. And one thing that's been my my great source of relaxation at the moment has been the Mass Effect trilogy, the Legendary Edition. I feel like I talk about it on every show, but I love it so, so much. Um, I'm onto the third one now. And I've forgotten how great the third one is. I know, you know, the the ending of that trilogy has sparked lots of controversy in the gaming world. But regardless, the game is great. And I think, you know, it's it's always fun to replay games. I know sometimes people are like, one and done. You know, I played it once. Why would I play it again? Especially more story-driven games. I think people are like, what's the point? But you always learn something new, always learn something fresh. And damn, what old game keeps being fresh for you? Oh, you really wonder though, don't you, with me? What could I possibly love that's old that I keep replaying constantly? It's not a Zelda game at all. It's none of the Zelda games, in fact, <laughs> all of them. Um, yeah, no, I'm a big fan of replaying games. I think I've replayed Ocarina of Time uh, and Wind Waker um, like so many times. Like they were my go-to games over long holidays and start, such like that. Um, I was actually thinking of replaying Twilight Princess the other day. I don't know. I don't know what came over me. All of a sudden, I just really wanted to go through Link's emo phase again. And you know what? I actually think I might because I just need that nostalgic vibe. I was also thinking of like I, for this for this sort of uh, for this situation of replaying things. It's been recently just this need to hit up nostalgia, and I uh, have some of the Fable soundtrack on my on my playlist at the moment. And my God, it made me want to play it again. And then I realized it was an Xbox box slash PC exclusive. And I don't really have any way to play it anymore because my 360 is not in Melbourne, which is super sad. But yeah, these are the things I've been thinking about. Just reliving those nostalgic moments. What do you reckon, Max? Um, well, I, games I like, I remember I used to be like really into like the Sonic games. Like I just like play those over and over again because they're really great games you can just hop in and try to get through as quickly as possible 
um, especially because they ported like all the Dreamcast ones to a system where people would actually play them, of course. Um, like, you know, the, the Dreamcast, it wasn't the stadium, but it was, it was close. Um, she but, tried. Like, she tried. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, like, was it um, like Sonic Adventure and like Sonic Adventure 2? Like, I absolutely loved those. Um, and they're still really iconic games at the mm, moment. They are. Like, I think the art from those games has probably lasted, like, it inspired, like, Sonic X as well, didn't it? Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that's true, actually, yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah, that's true, actually, I didn't think about that. I don't know, what was I going to say? Um, Sonic Heroes on the PS2 is, like, like one of my favorite games of all time. Like, when I was younger, it was, like, the only game we had on, like, the PS2. And I could never get past the first level. Sorry, I was, like, I've just got, to, got, just got to chime in. That was the only game you had on the PS2. Well, we got we got other ones like a year later, but like for a year that was like the only game we had. You I had the saying. glitchiest Sonic game. Yeah, and that was the. It looks older than the games that were ported from an older console. Yeah, I I, well, you know, I think I had we also had like Gran Turismo like uh, three or four, but I didn't know how to play it because of like my my dad's really into like Gran Turismo, so that's like all he'd play on the PS2. And of course, since I was like five, I didn't understand how how, how you play a car game. It's too complicated. It's too many moving pieces. Eleni, I feel like. Eleni, I feel like you're sitting there going, what? But I, I feel the same as you, Max. When I owned a PS2, I got Kingdom Hearts and got so confused that all I played was SpongeBob games that I could not yeah. complete because I was, in fact, inept as a small child playing video games. Could, could it, yeah, this is a kid who couldn't barely hold the controller. Like The first level? Absolutely not. It's not happening. Yeah. But I'll love it. I'll love this game regardless. Mm, of course, yeah. I, yeah. Oh, God, I, I love the PS2, though. It's great. And that's yep. the joy of replaying things when you couldn't do them as a kid. Now you can do them. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, because like I, I revisited, it was, yeah, one of the Sonic games, and I was like, how did I get stuck on this? It's like, it's so easy. Right? That's how I felt with them. Kingdom Hearts. Absolutely. Eleni, what, sorry, what were you going to say? I'm just still flabbergasted by both of your PlayStation 2 experiences. Like, that's like one of the greatest consoles of all time. It produced some yeah. of the greatest games of all time. And here we are, like, with, like, arguably not the greatest what? sonic game and then curious, what yeah. i'm just i'm just confused but that's okay you know what that's i'm okay. feeling sassed i'm feeling sassed right now you should, uh, are you <laughs> you should feel sassed but you know what it's okay because it's time for the quiz yeah, woo! Woo! is this the first quiz of 2022 i believe it might be and it's a bit exciting fam it's a bit exciting I haven't said fam in about a year so that's interesting too my name is dem it's lovely to see you again well I can't see you, but uh, you can hear me, and that's that's fun. And I'm glad to, yeah, you know where I'm coming from, people. You know where I'm coming from. I'm joined by Eleni, Max, and Nathan. I have five fantastic questions for you all for this wonderful quiz. Reminder of everybody who's not attended a Player One quiz before or is listening in for the first time, buzzers will be your name. One point shall be awarded for a correct answer. Uh, ooh, unless otherwise stated, I will flick my mic and destroy everyone's ears. That's another rule. Uh, and uh, if you don't buzz in, your answer doesn't count. Okay? Are we all good? I've already assessed that most yeah. of you know most of what's going on in this. So, you know, it should be a fun time, I reckon. Um, for all those listening along, have a bit of fun. Think of some answers. Tell me they're bad questions. In fact, don't tell me that. I don't know if I could cope with it. But anyway... Question one, people. Can we test our buzzers, please? Nathan. Max. Lenny. Beautiful. Love the work. Corp. Question one. What is wrong with this sentence, with the statement even, about the Ocarina of Time storyline? In Ocarina of Time, when Ganon finally breaks the seal on the door of time and enters the sacred realm, Link is put to sleep for seven years. Uh, Nathan. Yes, Nathan. Uh, Link is put to sleep for seven years. What's wrong with it? He wasn't put to sleep for seven years. Can you elaborate? <laughs> no, I. That's that's all I know. Okay, Nathan is sitting half a point because he he was put to sleep for seven years. Ah, oh, damn it! But what? I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna put a pin in that one, Nathan. Did anyone else have any ideas? Eleni. Yes, Eleni. 
I this is like a trickily worded one, but is it just that he's like aged? No, I'm gonna actually, yeah. Look, neither of you've got that, Max. If you can bring that one back, do you want me to read the one, the question again before we go forward, everyone? Yeah. So the the statement is in Ocarina of Time, when Ganon finally breaks the seal on the door of time and enters the sacred realm, Link is put to sleep for seven years. Something in that statement, many things in that statement are actually incorrect about the Ocarina of Time storyline. I've stumped you, haven't I? I've bloody yeah, done it. You've stumped us. Are we yeah. out of are we out of vibes? Can we not go forward? Or do you want to give it a guess, Max? I, I have no no clue. Oh dear. No clue. That is all right, friends. Well, I guess Nathan was kind of right, but not really, because the statement he chose that was wrong is that Link is put to sleep for seven years. He was put to sleep for seven years. But what triggered him going to sleep was his taking the master sword out of the pedestal. You also could have said that Ganon didn't break the seal on the door of time because Link opened the door of time and accidentally let him in, basically, by gathering all the spiritual stones. Uh, so, yeah, there's a couple of things wrong with that. Uh, it's all right. You don't have to be big nerds like me, but if you uh, if you want to be, check out a Wikipedia page near you, but not during the quiz because that's cheating. Come on, guys. No <laughs> okay, so that's a good start to 2022. Yeah. Let's do this. I, I reckon. Let's Promising, go. Yeah. Yeah. Question two, and this is actually a reference to last episode where everyone kind of just let this go and I didn't realise it at the time. True or false, people? Nolan North voices both Ezio and Desmond Miles Eleni. <laughs> See, this is I have a bit of an unfair advantage because I was the only one who was co-hosting. But yes, that is false. Um, and to give context, because I did cut you off, but yes, for everyone else listening in and my fellow hosts, well, I don't even know what we're chatting about, but essentially Dem said that uh, Nolan North voices Ezio. And I knew that was in incorrect and nathan you would probably know that that's incorrect because you're a biggest yeah. creed fan um but we just kind of let it roll for the show and then i i believe was a bit rude actually because i also like assassin's creed but i didn't realize and everyone just let it happen yeah we, we did kind of throw you under the bus there but it was very funny and then i explained it to you off air but we, yeah we did nothing to to redeem you on air so for everyone listening in last week and was confused by that dem is aware that nolan north did not put on a bad italian accent and voice it's here all as well yeah <laughs> thanks already but hey, <laughs> one that's point to eleni one point for me yeah please monitor your own points people uh so far it's one to eleni zero to max and zero to nathan and zero to me because i can't be a part of this week's quiz how fun okay question three everyone are we ready to rumble Yes. yes. So for any of you who like Five Nights at Freddy's, the egg baby in Pizzeria Simulator is relevant to FNAF lore how? Uh, Nathan. Yes, Nathan. I think it's in reference to a child being killed in the pizzeria at one point. I, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm not actually certain of that, but that wasn't the answer I had. Thanks, Nathan. Anyone else want to give it a crack? Did not expect these to be that hard. Oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> Eleni? Yes. You said it's an egg baby. Yes, it's a placeable item in the game. I see. Um, I'm not familiar with the particular game, but does it just have something to do with Chica? No, nothing to do with Chica, unfortunately. It's the relevance in the lore of the game. Would it help if I gave you the full, actually? This is, Max, you've actually done what I do usually in these quizzes and wait till the end when nobody else can answer. Well, I've got, I've got no clue. Like, I, I, like, I know, like, a little bit about the series, but, like, not anything that you've mentioned or anything that would be helpful to the answer for this. Well, people who have watched Game Theory may remember this piece of information. Um, Max, do you want to have a guess? And then I'll give you another piece of information about the egg baby's name. No, not really. Okay, cool. So we'll skip Max's quest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'll reveal to you that the Egg Baby's full name is Egg Baby in brackets data archive. I see. Oh, that narrows it down, yeah. Mm. So if what? You had it open with that, yeah. Yeah, well, that's why I didn't, because now you all know what I'm talking about, or hopefully do. So what is its relevance to FNAF lore if you place it in the game? 
buzzers have all reset, people. I, I have no idea. I know oh. nothing about FNAF. Well, if nobody wants to go, I'm going to do a five-second timer, and then we're going to move on to the answer. Five, four, three, two, one. Sad quiz. Sad quiz. So the Egg Baby data archive, if placed in Pizzeria Simulator, and then you go on to the night uh, where you are uh, printing flyers and such in Pizzeria Simulator, uh, if you do a sequence of buttons, it'll actually reveal a series of blueprints and a voiceover from the main uh, narrator, Henry, who we still don't really know the last name of. I think lots of people think it's Henry Emily, but anyway. Uh, and the egg baby will trigger all this information to come through because it is, in fact, the data archive of the entire pizzeria, which makes no sense, much like most of math law. <laughs> And much like this quiz doesn't make much sense because you're no. asking very specific questions. And we respect, and I'm sure there's people listening right now going, why are the hosts of a gaming show so incompetent that they don't actually know anything about you gaming? You all said you knew stuff about this. That was a very like, niche so question. Specific. Yeah, that's like that's like 5% tile vibes right there. But all right, well, let's go. We've got the next one covered. Let's do it. All right, you probably all get this, hopefully. Uh, what is the tag of the player one TikTok account? Nathan. Yes, Nathan. At player one sim. Uh, I want you to be as specific as possible here because you'll think it's obviously that. I, I want like underscores and such. So I'm going to oh, give... no. I'll give you half a point, Nathan. <laughs> no, and I feel like this looks really bad that I don't know exactly <laughs> what it is. Well, it is brand new gosh I thought this one would be all right Nathan I'm gonna give you the whole point because it is at player one underscore sin okay there you go everyone feel like this is the most disappointing quiz ever what a great start to the year (laughs) folks having a good one situation and it's it's getting more and more absurd okay the last question is an easy one it's true or false 50 50 let's go let's do it true or false was Jack Black's mum a rocket scientist True or false? Nathan. Jack Black was a rocket scientist. Sorry, yes. Nathan. Uh, false. Does anyone, I'll give everyone a guess. Just can, so... I, can I chime into this? Yeah, yeah, everyone gets a guess because it's 50 50. It's true, isn't it? It or is hurry. true. Yeah. So, I think Max, Max gets the point. He was Max all over the that point. one. Unfortunately, Nathan, you did get it incorrect, but I couldn't say yeah. it because otherwise it would have, everyone would have known. But it is true. Uh, Jack Black's mum was actually. A NASA scientist working on the Apollo 11 project and getting the astronauts back down to space. And his brother is also an astrophysicist. Uh, meanwhile, he went into comedy and made such incredible sh- songs as uh, This Is Not the best, Greatest Song in the World um, with his amazing band. Uh, it's pretty wild that Kung Fu Panda could have, to have such a cool mum, I think, personally. So at the moment, the tally is Eleni one, Max one, and Nathan. Did zero. I decide on no? I did not decide on half a point or one point. No, I, it, it was zero. Oh, well, if you don't want to accept it, that's so fine. Uh, so, it's a tie between Max and Eleni for this week's quiz. Unfortunately, I, I clearly am a bit niche in my questioning, and I apologise, everyone. Uh, I hope everyone still had fun or tried extremely hard. If you did know the answers to those. Go and gloat on our Instagram page, our TikTok page, our Facebook page, or in fact, our YouTube page. Just tell us how terrible we are at quizzes. That was an interesting quiz. Obviously, a lot of us didn't really know the answers, so we apologise, listeners. You know, it's fair to say our performance was a little bit disappointing, and so we thought we would take this time to really talk about some actual disappointing things. For example, disappointing sequels. You know, there's nothing worse than a beloved gaming series or a beloved game that you've grown attached to, you've put in the hours, sequels coming out, you're hyped beyond belief, then it it drops, it's ready to play, you put it in the game disc, you press play, and it just it just doesn't live up to that hype. You know, you, you sit there five minutes in and you go, that was a disappointment. So on that note, what have we got, folks? I know, Max, um, just before you were talking about Borderlands and a bit of disappointment on, on that end. Oh, yeah. Um, Borderlands 3 was, I was really excited for it. I loved, Borderlands 2 is you know, fantastic. Um, 
you know, everyone kind of universally agrees that, you know, it was one, it was like the perfect game of sort of that generation won, you know, all these awards, everyone loves it. So of course everyone was really excited for Borderlands 3. Then it released and I was playing it and I was like, it's not the same. And it's that really sad feeling as you're playing it going, no, it's still good. No, it isn't. It's, it's just so disappointing, especially when, um, Borderlands 3 released, it didn't like run very well. Like all the menus would like slow the console down like like to like four frames a second, which made the whole thing even worse. Um, and I'm just it's it's such a shame because like it happens all the time with gaming sequels when like they release a really good game and then it's really hard to follow it up. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's one that's like definitely in recent in recent memory. Um, how about you, Dan? Do you have any, any disappointing sequels? I was very excited to rag on Skyward Sword, but apparently Eleni likes it. So, you know, I don't know. I don't mind the ideas that Skyward Sword brought into the Zelda universe. I actually quite like it. I just think there were some really interesting choices. I, and let it be known that it's not that I don't like differences in the Zelda universe. I love Twilight Princess. I love Wind Waker. It's just Skyward Sword really messed with me in a base way it was just like the controls were set, like kind of miffed me and then there were aspects of gameplay where I'm like it was sort of this DS style of like boss battle where it was very repetitive very simplistic stylizations to the characters as well like the main characters on the island great um the enemies I, I don't know man um that game I remember being in tears because of the controls at one point because what happened was I was doing the boss that, you know, the boss rage you can do where you just go boss, 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 boss. And then, yeah, I, try, I was trying to get the Hylian shield and the Wii motion plus glitched out when, I, when it was asking me if I wanted to continue and I hit A too quickly and I hit no and it quit. And I literally was one boss away. No, and- in fairness, that is like one of the worst grinds ever like I obviously yeah like the Hylian shield you want to always grab it but it is so frustrating and like the anxiety of like because yeah it's like that thing is so hard particularly because like you have to get a good start if you just like lose like too much health in the the first couple boss fights you know that you're cooked so I I understand yes Skyward Sword is quite a contentious sequel um but I have one that's probably not contentious at all given that I think one of the biggest disappointments and I'll bring back Mass Effect because Andromeda, oh boy. Yes. What a what a disappointment. I mean, going back to what you were saying, Max, you know, you pick up a game, you can barely play it, but in your mind, you're like, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. But I got to the point where the game just bugged out and I could not proceed. Like the game was frozen and stuck and broken. And so I just put it, put it away in my shelf and left it for six months and then and then picked it up and played it. But that was probably my my biggest gaming sequel disappointment. But Nathan, have you got any classics for us? So this isn't really it's this is more of a remake than a sequel, but the um the Star Wars Battlefront remakes are oh, yeah. the most disappointing thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like we were looking forward to those and they just mucked it up terribly. What's so bad about them? Yeah. Well, um, they were very pay to win and like like it was just unplayable if you didn't pay money. And like all the loot boxes and just all that kind of stuff, it was just terrible. I remember this. It was something to do with you needed like billions upon billions of points to get certain characters like good characters like Rey and Darth Vader and it was just completely ridiculous because nobody wanted to play as random space cadet pilot number 363 or whatever. Hello, this is Howard Scott Warshaw. I created Yars Revenge, Raiders of the Lost Ark and the ET video games for Atari way back when. And I just want you to know that you are not only listening but you are enjoying player one on Sin. Go on. Enjoy it. And right now we're talking about Assassin's Creed, one of my absolute favorite game series and how it was supposed to end in space. Um, okay. So, um, so 
Uh, as reported by Eurogamer, details of the franchise's original ending were published by a student from a Belgian research university in a work examining Delalpa Ubisoft's use of religion. He wrote that modern day characters Desmond Miles and Lucy Stillman would escape Earth on a spaceship, setting off to start human civilization elsewhere. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a bit weird. Um, it didn't actually end that way. Assassin's Creed 3 ended with uh, Desmond dying. Spoiler, spoiler alert. <laughs> and um, you're still seeing, you know, Abstergo and all that in the, you know, more recent ones. So it's it's kind of weird seeing how games could have turned out if they were, you know, thought of differently. What do you guys think? Yeah, well, it's like an alternate ending because, yeah, as you sort of said, the um, the implication of what this um, Belgian research research student is is saying is that you know the ending of Assassin's Creed Three, obviously, as we know, it kind of took a very different turn because Desmond's spoiler died, but it was supposed to be more of an Adam and Eve type vibe which is very interesting and obviously you know the original Assassin's Creed games did very heavily lean into religion so even though it does sound like quite a bizarre sort of tonal shift it, it did make sort of more sense within the context of what they were talking about uh, but it, it is quite quite bizarre especially looking at now where the series has moved on yeah. into more looking at you know just historical narratives and sort of they're still kind of looking into mythology especially in um, the most recent game, um, uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, there's actually a DLC where you play as Odin, and you're, um, and you're going through the realm of Norse mythology. So I think there's still um, tones of mythology and stuff like that in the games. It's just, you know. Well, yeah, I feel like what Aledi was getting at here, and I may be wrong, so feel free to cut me off, was that it used to follow this very Christian. I mean, literally, you have a fist fight with the Pope in the second game. Yeah. yeah. And there's that whole hidden storyline when you find all the fragments about Adam and Eve. So this this older storyline actually makes more sense, I think, with what was going on. Instead of going down this, the gods were evil, like the, the Roman gods were evil kind of path and forgetting about the, the church and all this stuff. Um, it's sort of, I, I don't know, it becomes this confusion. I found Assassin's Creed 3 incredibly confusing, personally. I was like, wait, they just killed the protagonist. What are they going to do with the next one? Um, and, and then the next one is a silent protagonist, which I think is extremely odd because it's like, so what is the point of the diving? Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how other people feel about it, but I thought it was a very odd twist and it does feel like they're just trying to jump off a, a like, I don't know what they're trying to do, but they're trying to do something that snicked me more. Sorry, everyone. But Eleni, you had something to say. No, I agree. Because, um, yeah, I think, you know, you look at sometimes the way space is used in gaming. You know, I think of something like Saints Row, and it's usually sort of used as a bit of a cop-out. It usually doesn't make much sense. But, yeah, within this context, I actually, having read this, think that this would have been a better payoff of an ending than what we got. And, you know, I, if you look at interviews of Nolan North reflecting on his time as Desmond, he says that he didn't, he didn't even know that Desmond got killed off. So I think that... For whatever reason, they went in a completely different... Almost clumsy direction, I think. Definitely clumsy. Because then, yeah, as, as we sort of talked about, it then created this giant loophole where they had developed, you know, the, the modern-day storyline, the historical storyline, that they were then kind of left with this weird, weird hole that they had to fill. And now they've definitely filled it in the sense that, like you said, Nathan, they've really lent into other types of mythology. But for a while there, it was kind of touch and go in terms of how the series was going to progress and you know if if the series never changed and we ended up with Valhalla and Origins and everything I think I actually would have liked this ending for Assassin's Creed 3 for them to then move on I think it would have been a better payoff and made a lot more sense but I guess before we before we wrap up what are your what are your thoughts Max Assassin's Creed in space was it meant to be I'm gonna be honest I, I haven't played any of them I was just gonna try and get through this <laughs> welcome was, to the bus the underside of the bus yeah because i was like i was like oh because it'll probably bring the whole thing down if i mentioned i haven't played any of them so i thought <laughs> if i just really work hard i can like let like a police interrogation i can get through this the silent treatment i love it <laughs> i mean 
personally, I feel like we came at you a bit like a like a, a stealth, you know, like a, a zero gravity stealth, like like hidden blade moment, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I imagine <laughs> if we jumped off the roofs of Venice from Assassin's Creed Two. You are listening to Player One on scene with Dem, Eleni, Max, and Nathan, and we have reached the end of our show. We are so sad to see you go, guys. It's been a wonderful time. Lots of big news, lots of big fun, lots of confusing quizzes. And apparently I have very niche knowledge of some very niche games. Uh, and you know what? That's fine. That's all right. I'm not hurt that nobody knew what an egg baby was. That's chill. And you know what? If you want to follow us uh, for more content, more great player one content, more like news on, our, on, on, on all of the things in gaming, hear our voices, see our faces, whatever you feel like. You can check us out on all of the socials, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and then listen to us, of course, on Omni, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And of course, check us out on Instagram and be a part of a a competition of a lifetime to see an early showing of Uncharted with Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. We'll be running the competition on our Instagram. All you have to do is comment your favorite Uncharted game and tag a friend and you could be in the running to win one of five double passes to an early screening of the film. How exciting. All on our social media. We actually also have a TikTok, which is one of the questions. If you didn't get it, it was player one underscore sin on TikTok. Uh, We currently have one TikTok and I have to say it's really funny. It's not because I'm in it um, at all. Or because I made it. Humble brag. Humble brag. Humble brag. No humble or brag. Uh, yeah, guys. So it's been a wonderful time uh, this evening on Player One. Did anyone have any final words before we shove off? Uh, have a good night, everyone. Yeah, I would just like to say, you know, everyone listening in, hope you enjoyed the show. Everyone stay safe. Big welcome to Max. First first Player One experience. How'd you find it? Show. How'd you yes. find it? Good. Um, yeah, hoping the quiz won't be as difficult next week, but I guess we'll have to have to wait and see. No, Dem, you've been your your quiz master privileges have been revoked. So for listeners, you can expect us to know the answers to the quiz next week. So tune in for that and tune in every Monday night. Have a lovely night, everyone. The blatant yeah. sass in that. Yeah. Leave nice. it on that. Just yeah, leave good. it on that. That's, that's beautiful. Nice. <laughs>